Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services, and my passion is creating success in people by sharing my experiences in real estate, entrepreneurship, and community involvement. My partner, Heather Wombrode, and I will be hearing from expert leaders in these spaces and giving you practical advice to help you accelerate your business. So pull up a seat because we are about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Heather and I are so excited about today's show because not only do I have a good friend, an old friend, a fun friend with us today, he is the baddest of all bads in the MLSs in the entire country. And it's our honor and pleasure to welcome Stuart White with Realtracks, CEO of Realtracks with us today. Well, welcome. thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yay, we are yes. stoked. We've been wanting to do this show for some time mm-hmm. because there's so much that goes on with real tracks. And every day I'm amazed at what I don't know. I mean, what I know is this, what I don't know is this. And for the audience who cannot see my hands going out real big, um, that's what I mean. So Stuart, I'm just going to kick it over to you to talk to us a little bit about A, who you are, how you got to where you are, and what is real tracks and some things that are going on. All right. Well, I actually grew up in Kentucky, used to come to Nashville all the time because it was the closest place where we could see Santa Claus. So <laughs> I, I, I'm very familiar with... At uh, Kate Sloan or Cast or Not? Uh, yeah. At uh, Cast or Not. <laughs> no, yes, Cast or Not. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So when I, I went to school at Texas A&M and when I graduated, I had a choice of Austin or Nashville because they're very similar mm-hmm. cities. And I picked Nashville because it was closer to family. And so uh, I've been here since 87, and I just love the area and love the folks. And I was um, very fortunate to have started work for realtors back in 88. Back in the early 90s, the market area became pretty clear that it was all of Middle Tennessee. There were four MLSs, some leaders at the time decided to put together a regional MLS, and they hired me temporarily to put the thing together and onboard all four MLSs into one system. And uh, here I am still here since 96. We so. would not let you go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been 27 years of, of fun. And it seems like uh, some days were really long, but the years are, are very short. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, That's right. Yeah. Remind me, when did we go from the books to an online system? Okay, so we were, when we formed, we were with a a vendor that provided our product, and there were no vendors out there who were internet-based. And so our first choice was about what system we were going to use. Well, there there were no internet MLSs out there. So we hired some folks out of Oak Ridge to write the um, MLS system that was... uh, the first in the country, became the biggest vendor in the country. And then it was a couple of years after that. We launched that in 98. It was a couple of years after that that we got rid of the books. Okay. Because I remember when I was new, I started selling full-time in 95. And I feel like we used the books then. 
It, it, yes. it was. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Isn't it funny how you, yeah. <laughs> almost 30 I can't years imagine ago, like, what, what that would be like. <laughs> Not at all. Things moved a lot slower back then, Heather. Yeah, they did. You could fit the whole inventory it, into yep. a phone book. Exactly. So, yes. Exactly. And then now fast forward to where you are today. Oh my goodness. So we are fully cloud-based internet system. Uh, we are one of five MLSs in the country that write our own system. That is so awesome. We're, so we're actually a technology company in the MLS space as opposed to an MLS that buys their technology from vendors. Okay. And so it's a very different kind of setup that we have. But it was because of that history with our nothing was in the marketplace at the time that we've always kind of been heavily into the technology piece. Mm -hmm. And so we had given all realtors in middle Tennessee email addresses before anybody knew what email was. Mm -hmm. And so we still do that today. There were a lot of harrowing times, you know, being on that, that edge of technology, but it's, it's been fun. So, because yes, y'all are a technology company. uh, Realtrax is a technology company. How many writers, code writers and all that? And Heather and I were telling you earlier, we love your website. We love your staff. Oh, thank you. We have 48 employees and we have 23 or 24 in product development. So we have uh, four product managers and then the rest are hardcore engineers, software engineers. So it's it's more than half of our staff is is uh, in the product side. And so how do you guys know what we need as realtors? Cuz okay. you're always you're always creating something. Yes. So I'm curious where the Yeah, so so this has all been a learning process for me. So, you know, cuz I didn't know anything about the process of developing software or all of that. So, um, when we hired Doug Powers as CTO, Doug was like hardcore. I mean, he's like he was CTO of the year in 2020 for the Nashville Technology Council. Okay. Um, and so he was part of the team that designed the fingerprint system for the TSA. So he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And so, so at, before then, I thought it was kind of like, hey, we need this. And then they ran out and did it. But it's really is the product managers who are responsible for what gets delivered. They do a lot of research before anybody touch, touches code. Um, and so they are always doing discovery. And so right now we're doing a lot of discovery on a lot of different projects, you know, or potential product pieces, features. And so when they get it kind of massaged, we, they lead the solution. So you say, we have a need. So like when Zillow bought Showing Time, we didn't have a contract with Showing Time for the showing platform but the need was definitely expressed to us that you all need to do a showing platform. Well, we didn't know what that looked like. So the, the product managers went out and found out what was in the marketplace, what it looked like, did some mock-ups, talked to realtors, what they liked about each one of the things that were out there, and came back and said, I think we can do this. This is a feasible feature to work on in the system. And so then you create... Um, what you call an MVP, which is a minimal valuable product, because we're a, we're lean, like you don't put the full thing out there because people aren't going to like some of the features of it. So you put out the minimal piece that's out there, get the feedback, make modifications, 
release it again, make modifications. Mm-hmm. So you so you build off the feedback mm-hmm. of the realtors who are using it, and so that's why people love the product because they are so directly involved mm-hmm. in how it operates. Yeah. Yeah. You were a part of that. Remember when mm-hmm. you were having to text back agents and there wasn't the feature of that you could notify all of the agents right. that had come and seen the home. Right. And I think you made a call mm-hmm. and in the next release, there was the feature. That's yeah. right. It yeah, was, I was great. I was so excited. Well, all of us were. Once Zillow bought Showing Time and just the industry just, what? You know, the realtors right. were, yeah, um, right. you know, we don't want this. And I know y'all's phone blew up and I talked to you on that and and uh, th- that was 2020, wasn't it? There was, uh, between that, clear cooperation, um, what else could happen in 2020? Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. that, there was a lot that went on. There was then. a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. And y'all rose to the occasion. So thank you very much on all fronts. That's right. <laughs> on all fronts. And I, I mentioned earlier about your your staff. I, I do want to applaud all of them. Your happiness reps, Bobby Joe Nugent, who who services our office, is truly a happy rep. I mean, because we, mm-hmm. as we were saying, realtors are all, we need it now, we need it now, and we're whirling dervishes, and we're all, ah, we're, ah. <laughs> and she just sits there so calm, and we always learn so much when she's here. And I know it's not just for our company, it's throughout her territory or whatever it's called that yes. each person has, but all of your staff, you have an amazing culture. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. So how thank do you, you do that and keep that going when, cause y'all are mostly remote now, right? Yes. Uh, and, and COVID was very kind to us mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, so the engineers were pretty much all remote okay. already. So they would come into the office and work collaboratively at times. Um, and then our customer happiness reps were remote. Our support desk, they kind of rotated being remote. So it was only like the business office that was really impacted by by going fully remote. Got it. But during the early months of COVID, we thought we're going to have all this time. The whole everything's going to shut down. The whole housing market's going to shut down. So we might as well do some evaluation. I think the crux of our company has always been a growth mindset. And and so we've always had that everybody can grow and be better. And so that really drove a lot of how we approached it. We, we, we met with a, a business coach who really distilled down some core values of the company. And we were like, yeah, I mean, this is what we do. So, you know, purpose, you know, we try to be intentional in everything we do, every office visit, every training, every phone call that comes in is it, our intention is to make that person's life better, easier. So I think that, that that's the culture and it's, it's just wonderful. I mean, that's our support desk is the greatest place in the world. Yeah, yeah. I go in in to see those guys, and and they are like they just make my day happy. Nice, yeah. Well, you said you used the word growth mindset, and I'm going to switch gears a little bit to talk about growth mindset, but the growth of Real Tracks and what you guys are doing right now to continue to grow your presence in the state of Tennessee and beyond. So yes, we there there are a lot of um, challenges outside of our control. Right. In the industry. So you have uh, folks buying for the consumer eyeballs and for that direct interaction. I mean, 
Zillow, Realtor.com. Uh, you've got CoStar, who spent $400 million to buy Homes.com and HomeSnap. So they're coming on strong. They dominate the commercial world with LoopNet and the apartments world with Apartments.com. And so they're going to be competing head-to-head with Zillow. Um, Zillow's made some changes in the past couple of months on their model, their preferred listing program and their preferred agent they've already had. But they're, you know, they've, they've made some changes in anticipation of competing directly with, with CoStar in that space. And so it's kind of like, what, how do we position the realtors so that they're still in control of the transaction and they are the, the point person for the consumer? And so the, really the only way to do that is to be big. If we are just Middle Tennessee, then we'll either be a, a small pocket in the world or we'll be irrelevant. So our vision has been to uh, grow Realtrax. We've got a great product, a great team, support team. In fact, we, I think we have the best that's in the industry right now. So we have something to offer. And so we would love for the associations to come together across the state and own Realtrax and have a statewide system. Hi, I'm Harry Allen, co-founder and chief relationship officer of Studio Bank. Studio Bank is passionate about what our members create, and we're here to support you through the process. We provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often, the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 1761767. Why do you think that is so difficult for the other regions to, to let go and jump on the real tracks bandwagon? Uh, you know, I think it takes, it takes a lot of leadership to vision where things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're... So associations are very territory driven. Yeah. Because the National Association of Realtors assigns a territory to an to an association. Well, MLS and the sale of real estate is not restricted by those territories. But to think outside of that is sometimes difficult to to say what does this look like in 5 years? What 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 is the service that we offer and what best serves the agents and brokers? Well, there are no borders to, to real estate anymore. We've had so many people move to Middle Tennessee, but they don't really care whether they live in Chattanooga or Manchester or uh, Nashville or, you know, I mean, they, they're looking for a particular type of property and a, and a community. Right. And I don't care where, where, whether it's over the line of, of the MLS in, say, Chattanooga or um, Knoxville. Knoxville or, or they, don't, they don't really care. In fact, the uh, general counsel for the California Regional MLS, which is the largest in the country, lives outside of Knoxville. So, is that right? Yeah. 
He just so wanted we, to get out of California. Yeah, yeah. everybody wants to come here. They just want to be in Tennessee, right? That's I mean, right. it's a tax-friendly state. It's That's like, right. if I can work for him anywhere, That's why right. not be in a friendly environment and I pay less taxes? That's right. Yeah, we hear it every day as realtors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think our conversation with, with other associations is really, they, they see it as a threat and not as an opportunity. Yeah. And so we, we love the associations. The associations do valuable work. I mean, they, they are so necessary in the industry. And in fact, if the, if the Realtor Association went away, which is what a lot of people are predicting with some of these lawsuits and things going, Realtors will still come together and associate. They'll, they'll want to meet with each other and do good things in the community. And, you know, so they do great stuff. It's the technology. If you could separate the delivery of a technology service from the association work, yeah. I think that's what has to happen. Sure. I, I could see that. Yeah. Because why wouldn't they buy into a tech company that offers the product that's the best? Because you're the only one in the state of Tennessee that's writing your own software, correct? Correct. Yeah. Well, these other associations, don't they own their MLSs? They own their MLSs, but they hire a vendor to provide the service. The service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so, it's not great. <laughs> from what we've heard. From what, yeah. I've, I've, I've worked with a, another agent in West Tennessee and trying to get them to pull information from me. And I'm like, no, I want it to look this way. And they're like, what? We can't. Same. What are you talking about? Yes, yeah, same thing. It's hard to find. You know, we're used to what we're used to looking at. But mm-hmm. just certain things on their printouts, I'm going, what? where is this? Where it, it, it does not lay out. Uh, it's not easy for the eyes. No. Right. <laughs> I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. So what do you have a, a target goals, if you can talk about that, of when you hope to see that happen? Is that a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, a one-year plan? Well, we, we started this really back in 21 Okay, and so and so new. it's still new. Um, we have made huge inroads into Chattanooga with the brokers because they want the exposure for their listings. Mm-hmm. Um, the association has been very resistant to having discussions with us about what that looks like, and so it's a slow process. Yeah. Even the regionalization of real tracks back in the nineties took four years. It's the conversation and just trying to say. How is this better? How is this better for the people we serve, who are the realtors? And and so we're doing some things growth-wise that will be uh, announced in October. That's going to kind of go, it's going to blow everybody's mind. Yay! I have read a little preview about that, but... No details have no been details. leaked about that. That's Do you want right. to leak some today to I us? Ju- I cannot. A little tease. Just I a little was, tease. <laughs> it's going to expand your access to data tremendously. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. That's exciting. And so so we're we're excited about it. And it's there are some very forward-thinking MLSs around the country. And so there are some very interesting partnerships. So I think Arizona Regional and the the MLS in Milwaukee are doing things together. Um, so there there's a lot of, of of good leadership in the space right now, and a lot of it's driven by the the need to not have borders with data and service, which is you know we've seen it with. In every industry. With everything. Yeah. I remember, this is probably 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. So Nashville, I mean, 
David, you're from Nashville. We we know in our, like we're sitting right here in Sylvan Park, and generally you know what the borders of Sylvan Park is. Oh, it's Charlotte Pike to Richland Creek to West End. You know, you know. And then there's Richland West End. You know, generally what streets create that neighborhood. And uh, there are some people looking at an open house of mine in Richland West End, which back in the day, you know, was considered a nicer neighborhood than say Sylvan Park. And both have awesome merit, so it's not a good or bad. It's just level of pricing and all that. And this couple, shocker from California, was they said, why would we want to live here when we can walk to everything in Sylvan Park? I'm like, thinking to my head, because it's Richland West End. It's an amazing, I mean, that's just how it is, you know? And now all of those neighborhoods, I love it that it's sort of blurred a little bit. And there's not as many preconceived notions of how things should be. It's how things could be. Right. And it's exciting, I think, in every level when you let go. I mean, it's exactly what you're saying. You just got to let go of that and look mm-hmm. at the opportunities. Yeah. And it's just how you look at it. That's why we have a great company, because we look at everything as opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what? there's a lot going on with lawsuits, MLSs, NAR. What do you see? I, I know it's hard to make predictions at this juncture, but what 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 do you think? I don't gonna... I don't mind making predictions. Okay, good, <laughs> nice. That's why everyone out there listens to the Moving Up podcast. <laughs> so, um, yes, there are three major lawsuits going on um, against the National Association of Realtors and four or five, depending on which lawsuit of the the national franchises. So the case in Missouri was Sitzer, now it's Burnett. And just interesting fact, Sitzer dropped out because they really liked their realtor and they didn't know what they were getting into as as being the, the plaintiff in the thing. So Burnett was next on the list of I consumers. I did not know that. Yes. Okay. So, um, so then there's Merle in, in uh, Chicago in Illinois federal court. Uh, and then there is uh, Noselec in Boston in the Massachusetts federal court. So the MLS in Boston is broker owned. So it's not under the umbrella of the National Association of Realtors. And so they sued MLS Penn, which is one of the top 10 or 15 largest in the in the country. The National Association of Realtors is like the in the other two as the kind of they're they're leading the communication with the realtors and and all that. So I'm not I'm only familiar with the realtor side. I don't I'm not sure what Keller and anywhere are saying about their defense in the lawsuit. But uh, NAR is is facing a, a huge uphill battle. Um, and about every ten years, an antitrust issue comes up whether it's from the DOJ or from lawsuits or um, over commissions. You know, back before we had buyer agency, there were lawsuits over sub-agency, which is how everybody dealt with um, the representation of the buyer in the transaction. So about every 10 years, something comes up about antitrust. But these are massive lawsuits. So Merle in, in the Illinois federal court, the damages are like $13 billion, um, which can be triple, but it doesn't really matter because nobody has $13 billion. So, But it is trailing the Missouri case, the Burnett case, by six to eight months. And so, so Burnett, uh, the trial is scheduled to begin October 16th. Um, according to all of the judges' opinion, Thank goodness it wasn't a bench case because uh, the judge has just 
slammed the industry. And so I don't see there, there are really three potential outcomes. Plaintiffs win. Everybody figures out how to pay them money, which is not going to happen. So NAR probably would go bankrupt. Um, I don't know about the franchise companies, but we're talking about a lot of money, even in Missouri. Or the defendants win, nothing changes. Or they go to settlement. So the settlement is seems like the most logical because in an antitrust class action lawsuit, you, nobody wants the, the defendants to go bankrupt because then you don't get any money. And so settlement seems like the most probable. What that looks like, I'm not really sure because you're talking about just so much money in damages. So they'll meet in somewhere in the middle. But it's the injunctions that will take place that will affect us the most, which is how realtors do business. Um, and so you've got the Department of Justice, who, is, who has been all over realtors for, you know. Ever. Ever, <laughs> yes, since I can remember. And, and so they really are, don't like it that commissions are, ha- have not come down. That's really the bottom line. All I can see is 6% and with blinders on. They don't even recognize that even that's come down. You know, so so I think that the Department of Justice is going to be looking at the settlements very closely to make sure that their position is covered in that. Um, one of the things MLS Penn uh, in the No Select case, what they settled with the uh, plaintiffs. Um, it's been about a month ago, and the injunctions, the the proposal that they have were changes to the rules saying that offers of compensation through MLS will no longer be required. And so the the judge was very, very pleased with that change in the rule. And we've been kind of waiting to see what the Department of Justice, if that meets their uh, okay. Um, since then, Northwest MLS in Seattle has done away with mandatory offers of compensation through their MLS. Uh, Bright MLS, which is the the Baltimore, D.C., Philadelphia area, has done away with mandatory offers of compensation in MLS. So, and they are heavily involved in knowledge-wise about these lawsuits. Right. Can so, I ask you a quick question yes. on that, or just an observation? I mean, MLSs were established so that realtors could work together to represent a buyer and a seller and offer compensation to do that. So it seems so weird to me that offering compensation is shows hey we're we want to work together and it does show more of a negotiation i mean all commissions are negotiable i mean right. there's no set fee for right. the very reason what they're alleging it, it seems like they don't understand what we do and how we do it and nar can't articulate it right and i'm so frustrated they're the nar Sorry, I mean, does that am no, I that tracking re- correctly? Totally, here? No, you're totally tracking correctly. And, and really, what what I see is that they want to they want residential to look more like commercial. commercial. Yeah, where the buyer's agent buyer is paid by the buyer's, buyer's agents paid by the buyer. So unless you negotiate it in the contract, and so so there's a lot of pitfalls to that, and because. Right now, selling your house is not that big. You know, it's a seller's market still, even though it's a weird market. 
Um, if it's priced right yes, yeah, at the seller's part, market. <laughs> that's right. So, so if you have a buyer to be able to say, I, I'll bring you a buyer if you pay me X, it's very dangerous. Because we know what's going to happen. Right. I mean, it's going to get rolled up in the price that already takes into consideration a commission. The prices today, that, that commission's already factored in to market value. Right. And it's just going to... So, so it's a very dangerous mm-hmm. thing that they're asking for. I agree. So yeah. I think the, the DOJ does not realize the ramifications of what they're looking at. And if they would look at commercial and say, what are those commissions? What do they look like in commercial? They'd be like, well, maybe this isn't it. Maybe the way they were doing it is a great way mm-hmm. to do, you know, to, to um, compensate the buyer's agent mm-hmm. and all they do. So what I see is, though, that's going to be going away. So, um, it, it, and it's really a question of whether it is completely gone away. That's going to be where the DOJ is going to weigh in. Whether the, the, the buyer has to pay the buyer's agent or whether it can be negotiated as part of the listing agreement. And so I think that's where the, the crux is. And what I've been encouraging people, though, to do is to uh, get those buyer agency agreements signed mm-hmm. quickly. So before you show them a house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that you know everybody's had the conversation about who's getting paid by whom and what that amount looks like. And so, and, and that means that, that agents are going to have to really work on their uh, value proposition mm-hmm. as a buyer's agent. And I, I mean, we were listing out, I mean, there are hundreds of things buyer's agents do for buyers. Mm-hmm. You just have to be able to articulate that and mm-hmm. say, here's what I'm going to do for you. And for that, I mean, I like you, but I'm not going to do it for free. Mm-hmm. For that, I'm going to get paid X, Y, Z, and this is how I anticipate being paid. And so those are hard conversations mm-hmm. for, for realtors to have. So we've also um, sent to our state association legislation that would require, uh, as part of law, that buyer's agents get those agreements signed before showing a property. Would you say, I mean, and you may not know this, because I know for us at the Wilson Group, I tell my agents, we have to have this signed, you know, and you have to turn it in before you even get paid. Of course, you have to have all of your paperwork in. And it's just a no-brainer. And buyer agency agreements came out in Tennessee, 2002. Right. I feel like Tennessee has always been so far ahead of, and not even knowing that we're far ahead until I start reading all this that's happening around Mm -hmm. the country going, this just seems like we've been doing this since the dawn of time. Yes, I, I would say for seasoned agents, that's the way they operate. Okay, so f- folks who've been around, we've got over 70% of the users in tracks have joined since 2013, 2014. So that means they've never been through a down market. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be an education for a lot of folks. Um, and what, what we've seen is that people get those buyer agency agreements signed right before they submit an offer, Mm -hmm. as opposed to when you first start working with somebody. Mm -hmm. And so, cause they're afraid of scaring Mm -hmm. their, the, the buyer off. 
and saying, oh, well, I can use this other person. I can go look at this sure. open house or what, you know, whatever it is. So there's some kind of fear there about having that conversation about money with buyers. And, and so, you know, you've got to work on it. I just say practice. I mean, like anything, like anything, just test something. And if that doesn't and, and ask your people, how did you think out? I did on that presentation. They'll tell you mm-hmm. people are nice. They'll give you good feedback, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and so get it down, practice, practice, practice until you get it to a point where you're comfortable having the conversation and you've got your, your spiel down and you can show your value prop with, you know, just off the without having to refer to anything or being nervous about it. So that's my suggestion for yeah. what's going to come out of these lawsuits. And I think most of the brokers I've spoken to, we're, we're all saying that same thing. Yeah. You know, I think something's going to change. Something's going to give. And yes. we have to be ready. But like everything in real estate and every industry, what seems like such a big change right now, a year from now, it's going to be the new normal because there's going to be a different change. That's right. And it's, yeah. just, it's just inevitable. That's, that's just right. how our business rolls. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your top favorite things y'all are doing? Your top three favorite things Realtrax is doing right now? I am so excited about our statistics platform, yes. Market Trends. Yep. Love it. Love it. Love it. And it is. it has been one of those things that I have wanted for so long. I mean, years and years and years is, is a place where we could point people and they got accurate and clean and understandable. And you don't have to have a any kind of degree on how to set up parameters and all that kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's just great. And it's kind of like every time we, we show it to somebody, they, it's like, oh, that's great. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. We've got some, as I said, we put out an MVP. We've made some changes. We keep adding to it um, to, based on feedback. And so we'll probably be f- f- at a place where we can say, okay, now it's time to move to something else. We never get finished with anything. Mm-hmm. We just come back around later yeah. and, and as you get more as feedback we get more and where feedback. it needs right. But when you when you first release something you get lots of feedback. And mm-hmm. so we try to address that and then we put it on pause and then we go forward. So that we are looking at how we can expand to a marketplace without having an association be a partner of real tracks or an owner of real tracks. Um, and so we've got some product work to do there to say, okay, so if we were to go to uh, a broker in a certain city, um, and say, okay, we can consume the data from, from your full MLS for you to operate this system as a, as, as a brokerage offering, as opposed to, uh, an MLS, uh, an association offering of the technology. So we've looked at how other other uh, technology products have been released in other places. So a lot of times like um, Zillow or RPR, they, they put so much pressure on the association to sign agreements with them. And so we don't think that's a real friendly way to do it. And a lot of a lot of products go into a marketplace, and they'll say their product is so good that it is. Um, they get a mass of users, and then the association goes, "Oh, maybe we should do that for everybody." So, so we're looking at different strategies like that. We've also are looking at better ways to manage um, your your clients. Um, we we've we've taken a look at 
real scout and what they offer um, and want to be better than uh, real scout in that space. And so um, I don't know what real scout is. It is a it's a it's kind of a reverse prospecting. Oh, OK. Got it. You, Go back to the days of reverse prospecting when you could do that in, the, in our very first system. I mean, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's basically what it is. Um, so there, there are some some opportunities there, but the majority of the work, the two things I'm most excited about are are the statistics and the um, our big announcement. All right. Lots to look forward to with Real yes. Tracks. Yes. Everybody, thank you for tuning in today. Stuart White, oh my gosh. Yes, thank, thank you, you for so much on. for being here. Great insight. Love hearing what's going on with Real Tracks and keep on doing what you do. Well, you make us you all much. look so much better. So <laughs> we really appreciate that. Yes. That's our job. Yeah. And you do well and always with a smile and very happy. All y'all listening out there today, if you have any questions, shows, comments that you want Heather and I to discuss, please feel free to email us, podcast at wilsongroupralestate.com, and we will be sure to cover it. And I know everyone out there knows of Stuart White. Now you've heard him live and in person, and you can appreciate him as much as we do. So thanks again, and we will look forward to October and your big announcement. All right. All right. See you later, guys. Call ATA, CPA, and advisors to help you with all of your accounting needs. ATA can help you amplify your business with tax planning, client accounting services, advisory, and assurance services. Contact partner David Hart and the ATA team today at 615-662-2727 or visit atacpa.net to get started. Hey there, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories and tag at moving up podcast and let us know your favorite takeaway from this episode. This show is edited by Elizabeth Evans Media. Wilson Group Holding Company provides an excellent opportunity for real estate agents to house their license who don't want to fully retire their license, nor do they want to sell or pay all of the other realtor fees that one typically pays. It allows agents to have an active license where they can earn referral fees. If this is of interest to any retiring agents out there, I'd love to connect. So shoot me an email, christy at wilsongrouprealestate.com.